0: Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind. The Voices in My Head. Music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleyjames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. RogersSave, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases, not just this podcast, sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at RickleyJames.com. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so grateful for all of you who are listening this week. I know that last week I said it was going to be a different episode with a guest this week, but guess what? This time I had to cancel because my schedule at the hospital changed and I'm in the last few months there and uh, we have new interns and I'm not going to go all into it right now, but um, just to say the least, um, my podcasting time has changed and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to have any guests until the end of my residency, um, which I absolutely am, am very disappointed by that because I really love having guests on here, but last summer I took a hiatus, so I might have to do that again this summer. Um, not saying I will, we'll just see how it all shakes out. But what I thought I would do this week was last weekend on June 11th, I was in North Vernon, Indiana, speaking at the Church of the Nazarene. Actually, it was a little bit concert. It was a little bit worship service. It was a, a, well, it was all worship service. But then I I delivered a message while I was there. So I thought what I would do today is just um, bring to you the message part from last week um, so I can share with you what was going on in my head at the time. It actually has quite a bit to do with chaplaincy, but I think there's a lot that hopefully will uh, speak to your heart today as we talk about what it means to be a witness. So thanks for listening to Voices in My Head. I'll uh, keep you updated on what's going on as I know it, but as for right now, no guest this week, just me. So I hope you enjoy this message on uh, what it means to be a witness. You remember what that prayer of the day is this morning? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So speak, Lord, today, we pray. We pray for Pastor Caleb, and we pray for all of us as we are here together this morning, lifting each other up, lifting him up and his family today. And we just ask the Lord to be our all in every situation. My strength when I'm too burdened be my voice when I can't speak and be my light when night is my morning and be my sight when I can't see my food when hunger overwhelms me. Be my mind when my thoughts Comfort in my grief Or pain be my all As I go into that second verse this morning I actually wrote that song uh, In the hospital when my grandmother was passing away Mother to my aunt who's here on the, the front row this morning Sitting next to my son And I'm thinking of a lot of people whenever we sing these words today, be my arms when I cannot reach and be my song when I cannot sing and thinking about Pastor Caleb's mom this morning and loved ones that we have and maybe sometimes having to be led places we don't want to go, you know. So we just lift this song as a prayer this morning, not only for ourselves, but for others as well. Just asking the Lord to be present in all of these things. To so be my will when I'm unwilling, and be the road at my dead end, and be my watchman in the darkness, and when I'm friendless. Be my friend be my freedom when i'm locked in chains and be the voice speaking in my dreams and be be my heart be my provider you be the potter I'll be the glaze I Just let the Lord do and speak what the Lord wants to do and say. One of my very favorite people that ever walked this planet is a person I never met, but I feel like I know him intimately. And you might feel that way too. His name was Mr. Rogers. Any of you remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Yeah, you probably know the song. Some of you do. Some of you might not be quite old enough to remember. But what you might not know about Mr. Rogers is I've I've read a lot of books about the man, and I have so much respect for him. He was almost more Mr. Rogers off the screen, from all accounts, than we than he was on the screen. <laughs> there were no, at least as far as anyone knows that knew him. He was one of those few people that lived such a life of character and integrity that there were no dark secrets in the closet, you know. He he tried to just be as real as he could, and he cultivated this life. But he had this beautiful prayer that he would silently pray to himself every day before he walked into the studio, and he would say these words, Lord, please let some word that is heard be yours. And he would go into the television studio and record that, praying it throughout the day. Lord, let some word that is heard be yours. And I have found that as uh, I have been walking day by day in a new role, which I'm going to tell you about, I find myself praying that prayer a lot. I pray it this morning as I bring what's going to be probably a, a pretty brief message today, but I hope that what we hear today is not so much my words But again, that prayer, Lord, let some word that is heard be yours. Lord, let some word be yours. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That means it doesn't necessarily matter what I say today. Because if the Holy Spirit is moving and working, you might hear something completely different than I brought today. But it's just as important. Probably more important than anything I could bring today is what the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I have been working um, over this last year. This last week, actually, was my one-year anniversary of being a hospital chaplain, right? Being a hospital chaplain was a complete surprise to me. Um, Matter of fact, I didn't know what a hospital chaplain did. It really was something that never even crossed my mind. Never thought about it before. And one day, about two summers ago, I was sitting at home I came across this email, and I think it was a junk email, to be honest, and it was job listings. I wasn't looking for a job. I was busy with things I was doing with music and concerts and leading music at my church, and and yet, for some reason, I couldn't get it out of my mind. Do you ever have one of those God moments where you know it's God speaking because you just can't get away from it? Nothing that you do lets you get away, and I kept having this word chaplain go through my mind. I knew hospitals had chaplains. I didn't know what they did. I, I thought, well, you know, I've been a minister for a long time. I visited a lot of people in church. But, boy, did I have no idea what God had in store. I started this to look into it to make a, a pretty long story pretty short. I went back to school and started working on my master's, which I'm still doing. And then about a year ago, I was accepted into a residency program for a year where I'm full-time working as a chaplain in a hospital. And I'll have to tell you, as I have listened and walked with God in that time, I feel like a completely different person in my life. I had no idea how much things were going to change in me. Not so much in the patients in front of me, but in me. That my new job... How how many of you, if I were to ask you, would think that a hospital chaplain's job is to go in and speak the word of the Lord to people? How many of you, just by a raise of hand, would say you think that's what a chaplain probably does? Anybody raise your hand? Yeah, we got some raise of hands, all right. Anybody think that your job is to offer care and comfort to the patient? Anybody think that's what your job is? Okay. There's a number of other things I could say. And these are good answers, but they're not right answers. (laughs) (laughs) I found out really quickly when I went into the hospital chaplaincy program, that's not what we do. I found out very quickly what we do is something called listening. Literally, our motto could be, don't just do something, stand there. We listen. There's a word that comes up which which I want to share with you today from Scripture. Witness. You ever hear the word witness before? Acts 1.8 says, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Yeah, in Jerusalem and in Judea and in all Samaria and to the ends of the earth, even into hospital rooms, okay? For years, I think I had a misconception of what the word witness meant. I always thought, well, if I'm going to be a witness, I've got to witness to somebody. I've got to tell them my story. I've got to tell them all about Jesus. I've got to get them saved. I've got to do all these things. I didn't even realize that that is not even half of what the word witness means. You can't witness about something until you've been a witness to something. You have to first see it. Whenever they have somebody on the news as a witness, they don't just go to somebody that wasn't there, you know. <laughs> they say, it they, they would be weird, wouldn't it, if a, if a wreck happened over here and they went to somebody three miles away that didn't see it and they asked him, can you tell us what happened? And they'd go, I wasn't there, I didn't see it, right? You have to first see it, hear it, experience it, bring it into yourself first before you can share it with others. You cannot give what you do not possess. And you cannot help but give what you do possess. Think about that for a minute. That's not original to me. That's a, a guy named Peter Schizero. He says, you cannot give what you do not possess. And you cannot help but give what you do possess. You can't help but give whatever's there. And you can't give what's not there. Literally, the word witness, it literally means an eye or an ear witness. Or it means one who is mindful. I was looking up the Greek word again last night. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Well, I'll try. It's martyris, okay? But I probably, if there's a Greek scholar in the room, you probably tell me I mispronounced it somehow. But it's where we get the word martyr from. Martyris, I think, is how we say it. Greek scholars send me mail. Let me know if I said it right. But it's literally one who is mindful. One who is an eyewitness witness. Or an ear witness. What that word doesn't say is what I'm doing right now. Talking. Some of you are saying, yeah, you can stop anytime. We'll go eat lunch, right? I promise. I I won't keep you too much longer, okay? But think about witness in a new way. I always thought witness was about what I told a person. I overlooked for so long... That being a witness is listening and really helping other people to be seen. To hear their story. To help that person who maybe has never been heard to have a voice. And in that, I'm amazed as I go hospital room to hospital room, the healing work that God will do in people, not by me telling them something... One of my teachers always says, talk, 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 talk. Too much talk. Stop stop talking. And when I listen, and when I don't just do something, but I stand there, and I listen and allow a person's story to be heard, it's amazing to see the healing potential that God unlocks in them because they needed to get something off their chest. They had something in them. They needed somebody to hear their story. That song that I just sang before I came over here, Be My All, about three weeks ago, I sat in a hospital room with a person with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, if you don't know what that is. He was at the stage in his life where he couldn't move his arms, he couldn't move his legs, he couldn't move his bodies, couldn't move his couldn't move his finger, couldn't move anything left. He could still blink, he could still move his mouth a little bit and nod his head, yes or no. Now we had a piece of paper where I would go through and it had the alphabet on it and we would slowly communicate with his eyes and with his head and mouth. He couldn't, he couldn't say words, but he could talk. And I asked him if he'd like to hear some music. And it hit me as I'm singing this song, Be My Arms When I Cannot Reach, Be My Song When I Cannot Sing. And he wanted to hear songs about Jesus. And I kept asking what songs he wanted. He wanted All Fly Away, and he wanted songs about heaven. And he was, he was longing for home. But there was something that happened. It's amazing how much a person can communicate when they can't talk. It's amazing how much we hear from a person that can't speak, but how they still need their story to be told. I came to find out over those long days where you take time with a piece of paper pointing at the alphabet. He used to play guitar. Heard about grandkids and kids. I heard about family members and things going on in his life. And I never heard one word the whole time. I just witnessed. I didn't preach to him. I just witnessed. I just watched. So to kind of let you understand how important this is, one of my head chaplains, actually he's the, the head of mission and ministry at Kettering Health Center. He asked me when I was being interviewed for the chaplaincy position, he said, do you want others to see Christ in you? Or do you want to see Christ in others? And I thought, that's a really good question. I, I guess I want people to see Christ in me. And he goes, hmm. <laughs> and I thought, was that the wrong answer? <laughs> Aren't I supposed to have people see Christ in me? And and he speaks. He's. I, I'm not going to be able to do his accent, so I probably shouldn't even try. But I, I almost, when I see him, I have to almost hear his voice. But he was saying with, with, his, with his Spanish accent in English, he was saying, Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be seen as Christ in you. But is that the task you have before you? Or are we supposed to see these living human documents in front of us and see Jesus? He said, have you, you've, you've read Matthew 25, right? Yeah, I've read Matthew 25. It's the, the sheep and the goats passage where they're all standing before the throne. And and Jesus, or the, the, the Father says, whatever you've done to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Meaning that when you see those people you come in contact with every day, you're seeing Jesus. When I'm looking at you right now, I'm seeing Jesus. He said, are you aware that you're to see Jesus in every person that you encounter? Are you aware that that's your task? Jesus didn't say whatever you've done to the least of these It should be to let yourself be seen or to let Jesus be seen in me. It's that whenever you've done it to them, you've done it to me. I am present in every person. I am present there around everybody. Changed my whole perspective on ministry. Changed everything. In the last year, just in that one moment, and I thought, huh, I'm going to have to think about that. And my new perspective became when I walk into a hospital room, I am to see Jesus in that patient in front of me. Sometimes Jesus is throwing things and cussing at me, and what, you know, (laughs) I don't want to talk to you right now. But I'm supposed to see Jesus in that person because whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I find Jesus there. Sometimes I find Jesus in people who are so sick, in such a desperate place, and they need the Lord so badly but we try to be present to other people because God is there in the lowest places. I want to just share something with you that I read because sometimes when we have trouble seeing God, it's because we're looking in the wrong place. Sometimes we can come and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with coming to a sanctuary and sitting in silence. In fact, the more silence you can get in life, the better. You start your day with two minutes of silence. I think that's wonderful. You come in this church and be quiet before the Lord or worship and ask God. That's a wonderful thing to do. But get this. Sometimes we don't see God because we're looking in the wrong places. Sometimes God isn't in these houses made by the Lord. Sometimes God is elsewhere. I want to share with you this journal entry of a person who has now passed away from cancer. She went by the name Nightbird. She, You might have seen her on, I think it was America's Got Talent. And before she passed away, she was able to share a little bit of her story. I might get a little emotional. I'm just warning you, okay? But I want you to hear this this morning as, as I begin to close down this message and as we begin to go separate ways. Remember that prayer, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Well, where do we find you today, Lord? She said this. I have had cancer three times now, and I have barely passed 30. I spent three months propped against the wall. On nights that I could not sleep, I laid in the tub like an insect, staring at my reflection in the shower knob. I vomited until I was hollow. I rolled up under my robe on the tile, The bathroom floor became my place to hide, where I could scream and be ugly, where I could sob and spit and eventually doze off, happy to be asleep, even with my head on the toilet. I am God's downstairs neighbor, banging on the ceiling with a broomstick. I show up at his door every day, sometimes with songs, sometimes with curses, sometimes apologies, gifts, questions, demands. Sometimes I use my key under the mat to let myself in. Other times I sulk outside until he opens the door to me himself. I have called him a cheat and a liar, and I meant it. I have told him I wanted to die, and I meant it. Tears have become the only prayer I know. Prayers roll over my nostrils and drip down my forearms. They fall to the ground as I reach for him. These are the prayers I repeat night and day, sunrise, sunset. Even on days when I'm not so sick, sometimes I go lay on the bath mat in the afternoon light to listen for him. I know it sounds crazy and I can't really explain it, but God is there even now. I have heard it said that some people can't see God because they won't look low enough. And I know it's true. Look lower. God is on the bathroom floor. Hmm. Look lower. Because God is on the bathroom floor. I think that is so profound. When I read that. I had a lot of tears coming to my eyes when I was reading it. And remember seeing this person. I never met her, but I remember seeing her and hearing her tell her story. I remember being very sad when she passed away. But I will be so grateful for those words that she shared, that God is there on the bathroom floor. If we want to see God, sometimes we don't need to look higher. Sometimes we need to look lower. If you've wondered where God is, maybe try looking at your neighbor. If you want to see where God is, look at the people that annoy you when you're driving down the road. (laughs) If you want to see God, look in Walmart sometime with the people that are going slow and taking too long in line. Guess what? You'll find God there if you look. If you're in a hospital and you're in a time wondering where God is, guess what? Look lower. God's there. And there is such an amazing thing that happens When we will make that kind of bow to another person. Just one more thing I want to read to you this morning. I I would share it by memory, but it's so much better if I just read it. By a gentleman named Parker Palmer. About this whole idea of being a witness in the world. And by witness, I mean seeing another person. Seeing what God will do. By just letting God do what God does as we show up and be present. He says this, the human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. When we make that kind of deep bow to the soul of a suffering person, our respect reinforces the soul's healing resources, the only resources that can help the sufferer make it through. Aye, there's the rub. Many of us... Helper types are as much, more, as much or more concerned with being seen as good helpers as we are with serving the soul-deep needs of the person who needs help. Witnessing and companioning take time and patience, which we often lack, especially when we're in the presence of suffering so painful we can barely stand to be there, as if we were in danger of catching a contagious disease. We want to apply our fix, then cut and run, figuring we've done the best we can to save the other person. So my question as I close this morning, I'm, I'm going to sing one final song today, and we're going to pray together. But I want to ask you, how's it going being a witness? How's it going just helping other people be seen, just hearing their stories? Do you hear Acts eight any differently today? For you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and to Walmart and to your neighbor next door and the hospital rooms and the people down the street and the people that cut you off in traffic. And you will be my witnesses. As you witness them, you are seeing me. For whatever you've done to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Amen and amen. Walking through the doorways Moving down the halls Praying with each step I take In these hospital walls Being quick to listen Slow in what I say God, please let a word that's heard come from you today. And I wonder where will you be found today in the healing of a sinner, in the suffering of a saint? Every soul that I will meet Is a soul that Christ adores Every living human document Is a letter from the Lord In the sickness and the suffering We can find the face of God Give me eyes to see The holy ground I'm on As I walk these halls I look into these faces Every color, race and creed I see the eyes of Jesus Staring back at me when death is all around us we must choose to see the life a faith that walks in darkness has to hold fast to the light and i wonder where will you be found today will i see christ in the suffering or will they see him and me every soul that i will meet today is a soul that christ adores every living human document is a letter from the lord In the sickness and the suffering, we can find the face of God. Give me eyes to see the holy ground I'm on as I walk these halls. From the infant's cry Until death's last sigh We move on this Sacred ground And we hold out Hope as we walk These halls like the mercy Of our God Every Soul that we Will meet today Is a soul that Christ Adores Every living Is a letter from the Lord In the sickness and the suffering We can find the face of God Give us eyes to see The holy ground we're on Give us eyes to see The holy ground As we walk these halls, as we walk these halls, as we walk these halls, Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single, As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.